Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. continue tonight. Now, I just went into the vault. That's the name for a hard drive I have. I call it the audio vault. I have thousands upon thousands of digitized audios. Several thousand tapes I did myself. That was not an easy job and it was not done overnight. There was a time where I had up to, let's say, half a dozen uh, little card tables set up there at the office we had in Gainesville where Mega Man was birthed. And I had on each one a laptop and an ion tape deck. An ion tape deck is a special dual cassette tape deck that you can put in a, a tape. It's connected with a USB cable to your laptop and using Sony SoundForge you hit play on the tape deck and it plays the audio right into your computer and it's captured as a WAV file. And then from there you can you know, edit it as you need to. So I digitized thousands of tapes over a several year period. And they are sitting here in the vault. Many of them, the archives of Wynn Worley and also Charlie Holtzhauser. And then many others. Wherever I could buy cassette tapes, I would get them digitized. I also um, did quite a bit of video digitization. Have even worked on a project with Paul A. Allen, the son of the late A. A. Allen, to digitize uh, several hundred of the original Miracles Today TV shows. Done a lot of stuff. My grandfather did a TV program in the mid-90s called Let's Talk Prophecy with uh, Kathy Hooper and I went into my grandfather's uh, garage one day 
looking for some old reel-to-reels from some of the radio shows he was doing back in the 60s while pastoring there in Wonder Robins, Georgia. I came across the Let's Talk Prophecy series. Digitize those too. We'll be releasing some of those very soon. So I've got a big archive here. That's why I call it The Vault and uh, several backups of it. Okay, with that, I was saying, what do we play tonight? And there's a, a gentleman I need to get back on, by the way. The name is Steve Bell. And I just realized I have a directory of some of his audios. And I haven't heard this one before. Haven't heard many of these before, so no telling what we might find, but it looks good. Uh, these are digitized as we were able to get them in whatever shape they're in. Let's turn to the book of Genesis, the third chapter. In Genesis 3, we, after the incident of the eating of the tree of good and evil, God pronounced a curse on the serpent, on the woman, and on the man. And uh, there in 14, God spoke to the serpent, which we know now to be Satan and the demonic powers, which were here from the beginning. And it says, So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you've done this, you're cursed more than all cattle. I, You know, I heard a man today on a, a point of view quoting Scripture, and he misquoted the Scripture. And uh, he was talking about financial things and so forth, and he was, he was, he was quoting from Ecclesiastes 11, 1 through 2 where it says, you know, cast your bread upon the waters, and after many days it will return to you. Give a portion to seven and also to eight, because you don't know what evil may come upon the earth. And he misquoted it and twisted it just a little bit to make it sound like God was talking about financial things here. <laughs> and that's what happened with the serpent. The serpent came and misquoted the scriptures. Has God said, you know. And then Eve responded with a misquote. And there's where it all began. See? So you've got to know the Scriptures. You need to really know the Word. Because one little twist, say, will make a difference. Uh, I think he said, well, you know, you, you don't know what evil is, is going on on the earth. No, he doesn't say that. You say, well, you know, it, it doesn't mean the same thing. You don't know what evil may come upon the earth. But he's, he was saying, you don't know what evil is coming up on the earth. You know, that's, there's a difference. It's just that little twist. Okay. So God said to the serpent, because you've done this, what? Twisted the scriptures and said, you'll not surely die. Because Eve misunderstood what death was, as many people do today. You're cursed than more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. Now what's missed is here is that we are dust. And what God is saying is that the food of the serpent is dust, and we're made of dust. We're made of dirt. You go back and you see how God made man, and he took from the earth and made us and so we're the food of the serpent. 
And that's what he's saying here. You know, you'll eat dust. And we think, well, you're just going to eat the ground, you know, stuff on the ground. No, no, no. It's us. So Satan feeds on dust, and uh, we are dust, and we are the dirt of the earth. And we've heard demons say that. You're just a dirt clod. You're just a dirt clod. When you let them speak, you know, they'll say things to curse you. And that's what they call us, clods of dirt. Because they know, they understand what we are. We're, we're, we're just dirt, uh, you know. I was eating one of my tomatoes the other night, and I thought, well, you know, I'm, t- I'm eating of the dirt of this earth, which I am. And uh, that's why man ought to understand farming. You know, when a man doesn't farm, he doesn't understand these things. So our flesh is dust, we're food for demons. And, uh, you know, like the Canaanites, uh, we... Uh, we, we, we see the Canaanites in the, in the book of, uh, you know, in, in Joshua and, and Judges and so forth. And the Lord said, go in there and, and take them. And if you remember, when in Numbers 13, God sent the, the 12 spies out. And the spies came back, and 10 of them had an evil report, and 2 of them had a good report. The 10 were full of fear, and they, they imparted the fear to the whole camp. But two men, Joshua and Caleb, said, no, no, no. He said, no, they're food for us. The, these Canaanites, these giants are food for us. What? So either they eat us or we eat them. See? They devour us or we devour them. But the word is, and then when the Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus and said, you know, set my daughter free. He said, well, will I take the, the, the children's bread and cast it to the dog? The children's bread? What was he talking about? He's talking about deliverance. Because she wanted, people told him this, said, what, she wanted healing. No, her daughter had a demon. Come on. And she wanted the demon out of her daughter. And Jesus said, I'll not take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs, which are cypress. It's not for people outside of Israel. It's not for people outside of the church. Is what he was saying. And he said it was the children's bread. My dear friends, Frank and Ida Hammond. <laughs> That's what they call their ministry, the children's bread. And so we cast our bread on the waters. <laughs> and after many days it will return to you. And I can tell you story after story when... I had the radio program in Dallas in 82 and 83 and 84. I call it, uh, that was the theme, uh, bread on the waters. And we cast our bread on the waters, and after many days, years, sometimes it came back. People would come and say, hey. And people would even send offerings 10, 12 years later where we cast our bread on the waters. So th- this whole thing about bread and about what our food is, is mis- misunderstood in the church. So the Lord said, this is the children's bread. What? Devouring these things. Dealing with these things. And if we don't deal with them, they'll devour us. So we come back to this, you know. We, we look at the battle in Romans 7. And I'm not going to take time to go over there, but you know what Paul said there? He said, you know, 
hey, you know, I know that in my flesh dwells no good thing. That which I would do, I do not do. That which I would not do, I do. You can read it. And he said, I know that in my flesh dwells no good thing. What's he talking about? He's talking about something that's dwelling in my flesh that's not a good thing, see? And it, it seems to overpower me. And that which I would not do, I do. And that which I would do, I do not. So what is this thing, see? So what I found out as I've grown older, now in my 70th year, is that the older my body gets, the more I yearn for a new one. Because this thing begins to ache, and this thing begins to weaken, and this thing... And we were talking about that, Linda and I were talking about that. I said, yeah, why do we get old? Well, God, see, if this thing would stay in good health, we wouldn't want to leave it. But God lets it deteriorate, so we'll say, God, I want, to, I want out of this thing. Well, why? Because he wants us to long for tabernacles. Because the Feast of Tabernacles, I believe with all my heart, is the promise of a new body. Of a new body. Not for every Christian. See, every Christian thinks, I'm going to get a new body. But the Bible doesn't say that. It says those that are overcome, those that uh, press toward the call of the high calling of God, those that are, are uh, you know, like Gideon's army, those that uh, are, want to be the remnant, those that are the barley company, they're going to get a new body. And what I was saying, what I was seeing was, I, we were talking about Charles Manson. And I saw an interview where they took him in the prison. They interviewed him. And now they're trying to dig up more bodies that they probably killed and all this stuff. And you think, how evil can a person be and yet be as lucid as he is? He's insane, but he's intelligent. He's cunning. He's sly. He's, he's not just a, a raving idiot. But what a wicked, wicked man with no conscience, nothing whatsoever. And, and you look at that and say, God... What are you going to do with a man like that? Well, the typical Christian response is, you've got to burn in hell forever and ever and ever. Well, he's going to get in the fire for a long time. But according to the, the principle of Jubilee and so forth, somewhere, a thousand years, two thousand years, forty-two thousand years, whatever, God's got a plan to redeem his whole creation. And people say, ah, oh, it's all the much reconciliation. Call it whatever. God's not going to lose anything. But what's he going to do with a guy like this? So suppose there's a remnant of people, and there's no supposing about it, there's going to be a remnant of people that are going to see the fulfillment of tabernacles, just like there's a remnant of people now that see the fulfillment of Pentecost, and most of the church, do they don't receive it. But there's some of us, we're, <laughs> we've received Pentecost. Well, most people don't envy us. They think we're nuts. But when that time comes for the fulfillment of tabernacles and we get a new body and people see what we have, that we can pass from the physical to the spiritual, from the spiritual to the physical, as Ezekiel talks about, and as we see Jesus doing after he was resurrected, they're going to say, wow, I want that. Okay. Come. And we'll help you get there. How long is it going to take? I don't know. A thousand years? I don't know. 
I don't know. But uh, that's the promise of God, that we get a new body like Jesus. And uh, for some of us, we're pressing into that high calling. There's a, as it says in Hebrews, there's a better resurrection. There's actually three resurrections. The church doesn't teach that, but they, they don't know the word. But, uh, you know, there's, an, there's a, a, a first resurrection of the remnant, and then there's another resurrection of all, everybody. And uh, we're not going to take time for that tonight. But nonetheless, I, you know, why not go for the gold? Why not say, God, do work in me so I'd be qualified for the fulfillment of the Feast of Tabernacles, that I get a new body on the earth, and that I can pass between here and you and here. What an awesome thing. And that's the promise, brethren. And we'll teach more on that, as we already have. But when I saw this back in 1977... I was ecstatic. I mean, I said, my God, there's a promise here that I, beyond what I can understand, there's a feast that's not been fulfilled and so on and so forth. Okay. So, a new kind of flesh. That I can get a new kind of flesh that will not be demon food. And I can say like Jesus, Satan can come all he wants to, but he's not going to find anything in me. He can't feed on me anymore. Because he feeds on us. He feeds on our flesh. And I realize He can't feed on my soul. He can't feed on my spirit, man. But He can feed on my flesh. And Paul is saying that. He said, you know, whoa, what is this? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so these things feed on our flesh. And then we give in, and it affects our soul and spirit. But Jesus said very plainly, He said, don't fear Him that can kill the flesh. But Satan has power still over our flesh. And so there's where the battle is. See? You say, well, it's in the realm of the soul. Yeah, it is to a degree. But because the soul has to make choices, and, and there's a battle there, but it, it's the battle our soul has with our flesh, where Satan feeds on it, influences us through lust and everything else, and our soul leans toward that, and we get carnal instead of spiritual. And the Holy Spirit's warring and, and going on and, and saying, no, 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 no. And, and so the battle takes part in our lives. You see? So we got the spirit man, which is influenced by God. we got the, the, the soul man, which is where we stand to make the decision. And we got the carnal man, which is the flesh, saying, you know, God, do this. And then we got the spirit man saying, do this. And the soul saying, whoa. And so we want to be strengthened so we can always, as it says in Romans 8, be spiritual, be spiritually minded, and not carnally minded. And that's the two choices. Some say, well, I'm soulish. There's no such thing in the Bible. There's no such thing in the Bible as being soulish. You're either spiritual or you're carnal. And as I said so many times, Watchman Nee wrote a whole book that thick about that and he's wrong. Watchman Nee was wrong about the soulish man. It's my soul that worships the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my what? Soul. And all that is within me. Not bless the Lord, oh my spirit, man. Not bless the Lord, oh my, my flesh. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. 
He came to save my soul. That's who I am. And, and the theology has been, well, the soul is evil, the soul is carnal. No, 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 no. The soul is who I am. It's very important. Some of my best brothers that I don't know better teach differently. And I just, God bless them, see. So, the problem of the flesh is weak. It says in Galatians 5, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And then it says, the, the flesh does always lust against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. It doesn't say war. I heard it say war. No, it says, the flesh always lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. So here we are, see. Here we are. So Satan comes to steal kill and what destroy destroy what our flesh our flesh it's all he can destroy it's what Jesus said don't fear him that can destroy the flesh but he's got the authority and the ability to destroy our flesh not our soul not our spirit okay read the book read the book so, <clears throat> they feed on us, or we feed on them. And so we come down, uh, well, I, I don't want to say that, yes. But what part of my flesh uh, is, is food? When I try to hang on to the old body, see, in other words, uh, God bless people that just want to hang on to this thing. So the medical system says, we're going to help you. What are you going to help me do? You're going to, we're going to help you prolong your death. We're going to, we're going to you know, you, you may lay in a bed like a vegetable, but you'll be breathing, and we'll feed you through a tube, and you'll be, quote, unquote, alive? I don't think so. So the demonic power comes and says, hang on to this thing. Hang on to this thing. Hang on to this thing. And God says, what's your problem, you know? What's your problem? What's your... And so the fear of death, see, Satan uses that. The fear of death of what? Of our flesh. Because soul and spirit doesn't die. But flesh doesn't die. I mean, flesh dies. But we hang on to this thing, this demon food thing, as long as we can. <laughs> you see? And the Lord says, hey... I came to destroy and take away that fear of death because there is no death for a believer. That's what Jesus said in John 6. If you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you'll never die. You'll never die, see? So they eat and destroy our flesh, our dust. And so uh, <clears throat> infirmities... See, if demons get in our life, as so many times we know, and we deal with the demonic thing like bitterness and unforgiveness and all these other things, and so many times I discovered when we first got into this years ago that we would pray for people and cast out demons, and they call us a day or two later and says, Oh, by the way, I didn't tell you I had this, but I, I'm healed. Oh, yeah, praise God. Praise God. We weren't praying for healing. We were just casting out demons. So what was happening here? The demons were feeding on their flesh, 
through those demonic powers, and it was bringing infirmities and disease and weaknesses and problems in their flesh. And so when the demon went, and there was no, nothing, nothing there to feed on the flesh, the flesh began to heal. Our bodies are self-healing. You got any scars on your body? You know, hey, it's amazing what God's done here. But when these things feed on us, see, we begin to manifest infirmities and diseases and sicknesses, and, and they actually eat our organs through cancer. They distort our cells, and, and, and we become diabetic, and we become all these other things, see, that begin to dysfunction. And it's, it's the feeding of demons on the flesh of our bodies. I'm totally convinced. I know. And God allows it. God allows it. So many times people come seeking healing, seeking healing. But let's don't get the cart before the horse. Why is there, a is there an infirmity in your body? What's going on here? What's the root of this? It's always spiritual. It's always spiritual. And if we'll seek it out, God will show us. So, um, the demons come, and what they seek to do to, to destroy our flesh is to pervert our, pervert our needs and our desires. And so we, we begin to get addictive, and we, you know, we damage our flesh through addictions. We damage our flesh through perverted eating and all the other things and appetites and so forth. And so look what the enemy's doing throughout our whole land. People being destroyed, see, by these appetites and these addictions and these excesses and all the things that we see. And we see the influence of all of this because why does he want to destroy our flesh? What does it matter? Hmm? Well, where is the authority over him in the earth? A tongue. See, people have misconstrued that passage in Jude where the angels, Satan and the angels, were, were arguing over the body of Moses. You can read it in the book of Jude. And the angel said, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. And people say, well, that's the way we pray. We say the Lord rebuke you. No, no, no. The angels have to say that, but we don't. Because according to what Jesus told us in Luke, behold, I give you authority over all the power of the enemies, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, the only way we can get hurt is if we get deceived and get bluffed that we can't handle this. It's a lack of faith, lack of understanding. See, ultimately, everybody is their own best deliverer. <laughs> ultimately, you're, you're the authority over your flesh. But the reason it doesn't work, you don't have the faith, you haven't been taught, you haven't been trained, you haven't been coached to realize that, hey, if something's going on in me, I'm the one that's to stand and say, that's it, no, no more. I don't need to go to Steve Bell or anybody. Jesus gave me 
the authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt me. I'm, that's it. Get out, get out, get out. And I'm going to stand, and I'm going to fight, and I'm going to confess, and I'm going to rebuke until I get the victory. Okay? okay? And that, that's the truth, see? I don't want people to think that, you know, they've got to come to me. Well, I'm going to help you. I'm going to coach you. I'm going to encourage you, but I'm only going to say, okay, go for it. Go for it, see? You're, you're, you're the key. You're the authority in your life. And that's what the Lord wants over my flesh, see? But, but He wants to destroy the flesh because of the authority that the Lord put in the flesh. See, angels don't have our authority. Spirits don't have our authority. We, in the flesh, have authority. He's put, that's why Jesus came in the flesh and died in the flesh. To take back the authority of the devil that was lost by Adam in the flesh. So why wouldn't he want to destroy, if he could destroy all the flesh on the earth, he, he could run the, the program. Of course, the demons don't want that because they want to be in us. They like to get in us and commit adultery and lust and, and feed their addictions and all the things that they do. I don't know what kind of creations they were, but they were something else, see. But they want to destroy our flesh. And so disease and oppression and everything they can do to destroy flesh. Destroy flesh. God had to destroy flesh. Because there in Genesis 6, remember that the men got together and they got such agreement and they started building this tower and he said, man, I've got to put a stop to this. These guys have such a, you know, they, they have authority. And if I don't stop this, so he destroyed it. Brought the flood and all but eight people of flesh drowned because he had to get rid of the flesh. Okay. So what God's plan is is to put a new flesh on the earth. A flesh that's not demon food. A flesh that can translate, that can stand in the presence. No flesh, you know, no man, you, you, anybody that, uh, a man, we, we, can't, we can't go in the presence of God in this. I mean, we can sense the presence of God, the presence of God comes and so forth. But you understand what I'm saying? No man can see God and live, is what it says. What's it saying? The flesh can't take it. But God wants to give us a new kind of flesh that can stand in His presence like Jesus right now, like Enoch right now, like Moses right now, and like Elijah right now. A new kind of flesh. That's what tabernacles is all about. Amen? So we want to get rid of those things that feed on our flesh so we can walk in health. Amen? So... Everything is designed to destroy us in the flesh. But in the flesh, we have authority like Jesus. So the plan of Satan is get them off the face of the earth. Get them off the face of the earth. Sorry, dude. <laughs> There's a few. So why does he hate us so much? Let's see what we see. Because we're such a threat to his plan. He wants to... He wants to rule the earth, continue to rule it. Well, he lost the rulership. Jesus took the keys from him. But he's still the prince of the power of the air. He still took Jesus up and said, Look, 
I have all this, I'll give it to you. If you'll bow down to me. So, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, the place in us, they, they lose their place because of us. They lose their place in us. They lose their place in the earth. And there's judgment for them because remember what the demon said to Jesus when he came there in Mark 1 into the tabernacle and the man manifested? He said, Jesus, what do we have to do with you? Our time has not yet come. Well, the time has come. The time has come. What do you mean your time hasn't come? Your time of judgment. And so the judgment of the Lord is, is to take these entities, whatever they are, nobody really knows, cast them into the lake of fire, and we know God is a consuming fire, and, and so we know that God's got a plan here not to destroy, annihilate, but to refine, cleanse, and redeem. That's all God does. He's love. He's love. So his judgments are love. And I, I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't have any clue. I don't know. Maybe whatever. But God's got a plan. Because he loves us. He created the demons. He created Satan. He created everything. He's sovereign. And in his purpose, uh, he's chosen a people to see and to discern and see the demons and begin to understand the his plan, begin under, to see all the dynamics of going on around us. And out of that, he's pulling a remnant. And here's the purpose of a remnant of God. A people like the Father that come with love, that are free of all of these things in new flesh to say, Hey, we've got good news for you. We've come. And get ready for this. We're the way. We're the truth. We're the life. Jesus has given us everything that he is. And that's what we're becoming. We're becoming the way. We're becoming the truth. We're becoming the life. And when you go among people like I did last week, you realize that. You come to show them the way. You come to reveal the truth to them. And you bring life to them. And they know it. See? So that's what God's doing in us. See? We've got a calling. We've got a purpose. Not to stand and say, well, look at us. Yeah, why didn't you do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But he that's greatest among us is servant of all. We're called to be servants of the earth. Servants of those that don't receive this now. Servants of those that hate God. Servants of Charles Manson's and others to minister his love and his power and his mercy to them. That the day will come that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And that's just the beginning. You know, when, when they see him and they say, oh. You are Lord. Help me. 
And then we step in and say, okay, come on, brother. Come on, we'll help you. We walk through a lot of stuff and so forth. But we're, we'll help you, Charlie. Because you see it now, don't you, Charlie? Yeah, show me, show me. Okay. And then we're going to have church. Then we're going to have church. Say, amen? That's it. That's it. That's it. So submit yourself under the mighty hand of God. Let him do what he's got to do. Amen. And it's going to hurt like hell. It's going to burn like fire. It's going to make you think you want to die. It's going to make you want to run. <laughs> and all the other stuff. But when you see, see, see the church has not had the vision of tabernacles. I want a glorified body. And you don't get it because you get raptured because there ain't no rapture and all that stuff. But I, we press toward this mark of this high calling of God, see. And that's the good news. So that's what we're about. And we're just a remnant. We're just a remnant. Some are going to miss it, but everybody eventually gets it. But there's the barley harvest, the first one. There's the wheat harvest. And finally, there's the fruit harvest. Hmm? The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the nature of our Father. And that's what is happening in us. So whatever I need to deal with in my life and so forth, that's what we're about. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know. I sit on my deck. I sit on my patio, and God starts, and I go run and grab my notepad and say, Wow, look, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. Amen. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a question about emotional problems. They, the demons feed on our flesh. What if you, a person has doesn't have physical ailments, but schizophrenia is emotional? Uh, or like Charles Manson, he looks like he's in pretty good health, but then his mind is not there. And how do they feed on our flesh with emotional problems and not maybe physical problems? Or well, uh, you, I, think, I think that's a good question because I, I, that answers a question for me because we know the chemistry of our brain and our body affects our emotions. And so if the demons can begin to distort our chemistry uh, in our mind, in our brain, and in our nervous system, it's going to affect us, see? But what's the source of this? Demonic feeding on us. And so what we do, we feed a drug to the demons. Carol Balazay saw that so clearly, you know, that de uh, drugs just appease demons. They don't heal. Uh, there's no healing in any drug. Uh, the doctors even know that. Uh, it just 
<laughs> and really what we do is like she saw herself going down through a zoo and throwing uh, food to the lions and the tigers and stuff and she was a, a you know a chief nurse so she's going room to room dispensing pills and the Lord said and she had this vision of going room to room or going cage to cage and throwing meat to the to appease the animals and he, the Lord said this is what you're doing you're appeasing the demons with your drugs it's a hard hard saying well since my son's schizophrenic you know and he won't take his medicine what I think the Lord was just showing me though and because so many of the schizophrenics won't take them the demons can't manifest if you medicate them so they don't want them to take their medicine that's right so the, exactly. you got that's it that's what's going on you got it they, they, you know they, so there's it's, you, you can't please the demons see that's right you know Talk to him till you're blue in the face. Please take yeah. the medicine, and he will not. I know what's well, in that medicine. I'm not going to take it. So you appease the demon, and the demon can't uh, oh, can't uh, do its thing, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it, it's all spiritual, folks. I mean, you know, God's a spirit. He created this, and we see the manifestations, but we know that everything has its source in the spirit, because God is spirit, and. Uh, uh, so what we're seeing here is a manifestation of the Spirit. You know, if God just <laughs> breathed in, this building would disappear. And so would we. But uh, uh, He's Spirit. Praise God. Yeah. Uh, I had another thought a minute ago. What was it? But I can't remember what it was now. Uh, when you asked that question about the, that. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really... It's really pretty sim simple. Uh, oh, I know what it was. You see, schizophrenia is the inability to give and receive love. That's what the Lord told his Hammonds. And I know that's so. But see, until I can receive love, I can't give love. And so if I can't receive the Father's love, I have no f love to give. If I can't receive your love, I can't, I can't love. So the, the ultimate goal is, God, get me free to receive love. Let me begin to trust. So that's where fathers in the kingdom come in, that a father comes that doesn't incestuously <laughs> come to the, the women or abuse and control and use the men, but that it's, it's a true father that comes in the kingdom and... and builds a trust where people can receive his love to the point that they can receive each other's love and finally the Father's love. And, and that's the calling of every, every physical father on the earth. Son, daughter, I'm here to help you find the Father's love. And so I will love you like he does until you see that he loves you. And you're going to be okay. But until you see that, you're not going to be okay. The enemy's going to come, and he's going to pervert, distort, feed, do everything he can until we see I'm a son of God. So my calling is to bring that vision, that revelation, really, to everybody. That you're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. Okay? And that's the calling of ministry, but what a failure we've been, see. We've been. So when folks first come, 
as I say, you know, the folks come, I want some ministry. Can I come over? Two hours? <laughs> or can I come to two or three meetings? No, no. You come and we'll build some trust. You come and we'll build some trust. And then God can work. See? God can work. God is good. His love is wonderful. He loves you. Dios te ama. Dios te ama. Hey, that was uh, Steve Bell. I'm going to find him and see if we can get him back on the program again. Still in Texas, I believe, goes by the name of Micah Bell. And we had him on back in 2010. Been a long time ago. I'd love to have him back on. Um, he worked with the late Wen Worley and uh, even preached at uh, Hegwish many times. Knows a lot about deliverance. Let me make a note of that here. Find Steve Bell. Okay, he'd be great to have on the show. Well, we're going to have Brother John Kyle back on very soon, I hope. I've made contact with him a few weeks ago, and uh, love to have him back on. So uh, we've got some great things working. We've got Frank Marzillo and Dr. Philip Morris were on this week. Uh, many great uh, programs that are going to be uh, coming forth here on this network. Uh, we're going to do another live show in about 13 minutes. Take a break here. If you would like to get any of these shows, they're all free. Go to OmegaManRadio.com. We've got a Podbean app. There's 12 different apps out there that pick up the show. You can download it straight to your computer through the uh, website, OmegaMan.Podbean.com, and many ways to stream the program. Also live, you've got Icecast, MixLR, available right there at OmegaManRadio.com, and a MixLR app also. So if you wanted apps for our show, get the MixLR to uh, listen live, and Podbean to listen to the archives. That will take care of you right there. Okay. Let's uh, go to a song here or two, take a break, and we're going to come back and do one more show. Close out the weekend. 